This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fern. I'm joined today by Tyrone Marshall. Hello, Rich. And by Samuel Luckhurst. Good afternoon, Rich. And the international break has finally ended. I'm sure you two are as excited as, as me for this one. The Premier League is back this this weekend. United against Leicester. That's the game we'll be talking about today. We're recording this at just about 3pm on the Friday. Oligar Solskjaer has spoken to the press. So we'll be dissecting his press conference comments. Looking ahead to the weekend. And Ty, it does feel like a, a welcome return to, to football. The club football at least. United though, do need to get back to winning ways. They're not winning their last two league encounters. Leicester away, a tricky one. Both teams could be without some key players, but United have been boosted, you know, ahead of kickoff by the return of Marcus Rashford to training. And, you know, Harry Maguire has taken part in his first sort of team session today on Friday as well. So what do you think the mood is around Old Trafford uh, going into this game away at Leicester on Saturday? Well, I, I mean, it's hard to say, but it's, it's certainly the start. I mean, I wrote a few days ago in the desperation of this international break which feels like it's been the worst international break ever that it does feel like these six games between now and the November international break are kind of defining for for Solskjaer two years ago he went into the October international break and there was realistic talk of him getting a sack and and fearing the sack before that Liverpool game and in reality I don't think it was ever that close there's not been that talk this time and obviously we've had Mike Phelan getting a new contract and there's clear faith there but the you know the parameters around how we how he's judged have changed and he's got to be judged on trophies now. And these, you know, these six games, the four in the league and the double header against Atalanta, are huge for ambitions in Premier League and Champions League. And it does feel like they're going to condition sort of how we're how we're discussing things going into November. So it it's the start of a, a brutal run of games. I mean, Leicester away is probably the easiest. So I think United, I think the ambition and the, the feeling has to be that they go there and and produce a performance that's been lacking for a while, really. It's it's performances rather than points that have been more concerning recently. I guess the two weeks have been a chance to refresh. You know, a lot of players didn't go away on international duty. You've had the bonus of Rashford um, playing that friendly against Blackburn, scoring twice, two good weeks of training. Greenwood didn't go. So, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of positives there. But it does feel like the start of a, a defining run, and they need to have used the two weeks wisely because the week before the international break was was pretty wretched, I thought, in terms of performances with the three games at Old Trafford. So it feels like they're heading into a, a huge period. There's some tricky selection decisions. Obviously, the biggest blow in the international break was Varane's injury. It, it does feel like there's some tricky selection decisions tomorrow with whether you start Maguire or not and obviously who replaces Fred and, and how he sort of sets up that midfield. But I think he's they, they've got to show ambition in, in this run of games. Now, it's it's got to be all or nothing. The performances this season haven't been good enough. These big games have tended to suit them under Solskjaer, but they, they really need a good six games here. Otherwise, I think the mood in, in November could be could be pretty poor. Yeah, exactly. You know, Samuel Solskjaer mentioned it in his 
in his presser today as well that he wants to have players fit when it comes to sort of April and May, but you've got to have something to play for when it gets to that stage of the season. So, you know, the importance of these next games will be pivotal in that. In terms of team news as well as Samuel, I know that maybe if United were to drop points or whatever, then the narrative could be that they were they were dealt a blow with the injury news. But we keep on saying how good the squad depth is and, you know, Leicester themselves would be out without some key players this weekend. So do you think United will have enough to deal with Leicester, even with some of their key players missing? They should do. Um, I've, I've not checked, uh, which is lazy journalism, but is Ndidi definitely out? Ndidi's battling to get, get better. Before the international break, uh, Rogers said he'll be out for, for a month or so. Uh, I don't think he's been strictly ruled out, but I think Fafana's out, Johnny Evans is out. Um, and I think there was one one more, but yeah. The, you know, Ndidi's Indeed, he's the main one who, if if he's unavailable, then United should be looking to really uh, capitalise on that. It's it's a game that isn't going to be a McFred game, as as the fans uh, don't like don't like saying. Given that Fred played this this morning, as Solskjaer said, so he's not available. Given that he played in in Manaus for Brazil, and with that in mind, with the possibility of no Indeed, Leicester's form, uh, just the issue in midfield that United have got this this does seem like a good opportunity to actually trial a, a potential solution uh what what Solskjaer goes with um, remains to be seen I, I think I think it would be remiss not to play Matic given that he is the only defensive midfielder United have got but then it's who do you partner him with um because it's if it's Pogba then it means someone comes in on the left if it's not Pogba then you'd automatically presume that Pogba will go in on on the left-hand side, but the way Lingard's been playing, he's he's just overdue a start. And and Solskjaer said it. He, he tripped over his words again when he said it's it's up to to Lingard to get more playing time. Then he went, well, actually, maybe it's up to me to give him more playing time, which is is exactly the case. He it's it's preposterous how underused he's he's been this season, um, given the key impacts he's had against West Ham and and Real in particular. So, at the risk of underestimating Leicester, and I think that's probably the problem or the dilemma Solskjaer has in, in that he could pick a team that you'd look at it and you think, you know, they're, they're, they're looking pretty bullish here and, and maybe they are underestimating Leicester, but that would only be known when it comes to the final score. I think they've just got to be bold, really. Um, Ty did the piece about how, how he sets up his team in, in maybe this game this weekend will set out the stall for this run of four or six or seven Premier League games. I think the Arsenal one's the last one. You've got Watford to come just after the November internationals and then it's Chelsea and, and Arsenal in consecutive weekends, I think it is. So it it, it is a pretty, uh, you know, I, hes- I hesitate to say a daunting run because United just have form for coming up trumps when when they're under the cosh in these games. Uh, I can't help the mixed metaphors there, but th- that's, that's pretty much what they do. And... Leicester doesn't exactly qualify as a big game, but it's certainly a testing game, and they've they've done very well in the last couple of years. But they're probably not as intimidating a team as they were two years ago, and th- there are various issues there beyond the the form. But I think some of the games they've lost this season, they've been very unlucky to have lost them against City. They were they had a goal disallowed for offside for Vardy. That the Brighton game, I don't think anybody's really come to the conclusion why they had those goals disallowed in in that game, and then a goal is disallowed the next week, which is is identical to it um, in, in the case of Villa's winner at Old Trafford. So I think Leicester have been performing reasonably well. It's I, w- I was shocked to to be told that there were some who were wondering whether Rodgers should still be there. I mean, that's it's it's, it's crazy, really. Just I, I know they've. 
they've bottled it in a couple of run-ins, but they've won the FA Cup and they're in Europe again. It's it's you know it's it's a it's a separate sequel. It's a sequel to the success story of the the Premier League title win five years ago, but it's still a hell of a success story. And Rogers has, has done a brilliant job there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they just need to take a step back and realise that prolonged success is is just as good as that one-off title triumph in a, in a way. But Ty, looking at the actual game, and I guess if we split this into sort of three questions that, that we'll get through with, with you both, in terms of team selection, there's going to be questions about the attack midfield and defence. I guess we will start off at the back and ask both of you for your centre-back partnerships and maybe who should be on the bench. Ty, start with you. The consensus seems to be Lindelof and Bay. That does make the most sense as the most senior sort of options available. But do we throw Phil Jones and Ted and Mengi into the mix what what do you think uh i would go with lindelof and bay i would not be at all surprised if we saw lindelof and maguire to be honest um he obviously said maguire's trained on the grass today he's you know he was he was trying to play maguire when he could hardly walk at the back end of last season so i don't think it'd be any surprise that he's he's had one training session and he's straight back in i think that would spell bad news for bay in his long-term future at the club and i i wouldn't risk playing maguire on the back of one training session in in three weeks but Obviously, you know, you don't get through as much running as a centre-back. And the fact there's no Varane might feel like Solskjaer needs to, to force his hand rather than risk playing Lindelof and Bay, even though they're both experienced internationals and, and good quality centre-backs. So I would I would go with Lindelof and Bay, but I wouldn't be in the slightest bit surprised if he threw Maguire straight back in on, on the back of one training session. Yeah, Samuel, I guess, you know, that's always been a criticism of Solskjaer, the way he does handle players coming back to fitness. Yourself, you know, you tweeted before that you wouldn't be surprised if Maguire started yourself. Would you Would you still go for Lindelof by yourself? Or would you even consider, I know none of us put it in our panel piece for Saturday morning, but three at the back or anything? Or would you still stick to this four? I'd still stick with four. Um, I mean, only the United staff know how fit Maguire is and... I don't. I don't think he's really come back for United after a relatively long period um, and played straight away because the injury at the end of last season ended his domestic season. Then he was on to the Euros, so he was he was fit by the time the, the season starts with United. But I just think, although Lindelof and Bay individually have had have had good games against Vardy in the past and uh, and, and fared well, I just think if Maguire is available and he is a and he is actually match fit, then you've you've got to play Maguire. And that's even factoring in the fact that he is not he's not had a good season so far. He's he's had a hangover from the Euros. But his 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 presence I think is just is that bit more reassuring. And you, I suppose from United's perspective they, they would hope that David De Gea wouldn't be as busy if, if Maguire was on the pitch. In terms of midfield, then, obviously, Fred won't be there. So you expect it will be McTominay. Of course, he had a good international break himself. Got that last-minute winner for Scotland as well. In terms of a partner, I know you've uh, touched on it before, that it could be Pogba in a central role, particularly with the attacking options available. But would you go for you know, Ty yourself? Who would your partner be for, for McTominay? I would probably go McTominay and Pogba. Um, I think you probably need to play Pogba in a deeper role and, and show a bit of ambition. Um I know there's an argument, as Samuel said, to play Matic against Pogba, but if you're going to kind of take Pogba off the leash, the concern with Matic is that he's looked a bit swamped at times when he's ended up kind of on his own in a 4-2-3-1. Um, he's obviously getting on a bit now. Doesn't have doesn't cover the same ground as McTominay. Leicester used to have a lot of runners from midfield. So I would go Pogba and McTominay. It didn't work brilliantly against Villarreal, but if you're going to commit to playing Pogba in this deeper midfield role, then you just got to play through the teeth in troubles almost and, and try and find a solution that works. In a, 
I think if he starts Maguire, that's probably what he'll do. I wouldn't be surprised if Maguire had been out or is out and it was Lindelof and Bailly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's played McTominay and Matic, to be honest, and, and tried to give them a little bit more protection. But I, I think you probably need to be a bit more adventurous. There's so many attacking talents now that as good as Pogba's been on the left, you almost need to find a better central role for him. We saw his passing quality again for France in the international break from central and from deeper central areas. So there's no reason they can't make that work. They've got to find a midfield solution that includes Pogba and Fernandes, really. So I would play McTominay and Pogba. Samuel, would you agree with that yourself? I mean, in terms of the actual setup, I guess the interesting question is, is it that 4 3 one or the 4 3 3 And like you said, if indeed he's not available, maybe you do just embrace your own attacking talents and just indulge in the players you've got and, and try and try and just play on the front foot the whole game. Yeah. And I, th- I suppose with Matic in that he has had he's had quite a long rest and he's he has been underused, I think, this season. Um in, in terms of the midfield and potential internal solutions, there are a few potential solutions that, that Solskjaer is is ignoring in that you can try and rotate Matic and McTominay. Uh, I saw Brian Robson last week said about McTominay, he doesn't think that a sitting role is suited for him. And he, he is probably right, but United don't really need him bombing forward and playing a box-to-box role, good though he is at, at that. And there was a period last season where his, his goal-getting was was particularly impressive. But, but Matic is the specialist there and he's got a bit more experience. I suppose if... Again, it's just that dilemma. If, if indeed he is available and, and Leicester can play indeed in Tielemans, then I suppose one would be worried if Matic was starting. I'm saying that from, I'm thinking back to the cup game in March when Matic and Fred just were given a complete run around by those two. And that day you thought, well, it'd be a minor miracle if United don't sign a midfielder in in the transfer window. But in the end, it wasn't a surprise that they didn't. So I just, I suppose that although Solskjaer is, I still think Solskjaer is a pragmatist at heart. And you see that very often with his team selections and especially this season in that, the talk going into it was that he wanted to switch to a 4-3-3 and United haven't really done that at all and it's it's difficult to envisage them doing that as well but there has to come a point where he, he's maybe a bit braver um, even though there's an awful lot of risk with it and I suppose from a selfish perspective he may think if, if he keeps with a midfield axis there and just rotates gradually there and uh, tries tries to be reasonably consistent with the personnel for Premier League games, then it'll be enough to stay in the Champions League places for next season, even if it comes at the cost of no title challenge, uh, which is a strange thing to think of, but you can imagine those kind of thoughts whirring around his head because, again... Th- with with Leicester, I think Tielemans and, and Ndidi, when they're at their optimum, they're a very, very difficult midfield to come up against. And United don't really have a, a pairing available to them this weekend that isn't so much a match for them, but is, is suitable for uh, for coming up against them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no no mention of a certain Dutchman from either of you there, which is uh, maybe not a surprise <laughs> to see. But yeah. uh, talking to players on the periphery, we'll probably have a few of those mentioned in attack. And United do have a lot of options in attack, even you know, without Cavani this weekend. And that obviously makes it more understandable who's going to be starting through the middle. Not that there was going to be any debate there at all, really. But, um, you know, to be, be devil's advocate, Ty... Anthony Marshall did score against Everton in the last game out. And to, to an extent, there was a manager, you've got to reward players who perform when you give them the chance. And I'm not saying that Marshall should start against Leicester, but you know it does add to the dilemma, doesn't it? That United have five or six players who can play on the left and they've got a couple of options on the right as well. And now they've only really got one who can play through the middle. But Rashford coming back, what would your front three be? 
Well, I think if you're looking to reward Martial for scoring, then you could always play him through the middle and, and rest Ronaldo again. Um, what could possibly be wrong? <laughs> see which UFC star disagrees with that, uh, that <laughs> this week. I think we can safely say Ronaldo and Fernandez are obviously going to start. The issue is is out wide. I don't think Rashford will start. I've been, been out for so long, but I think he'll obviously be on the bench and, and probably come on. I would probably go with Sancho on the left and Greenwood on the right. Um, Sancho looked pretty lively when he came on against Everton. Did quite well for England, albeit against Andorra in the international break. But it feels like he kind of needs a chance to build on, on this momentum because it's not really happened for him yet at United. But there are so many options. You, you couldn't fault a start for Lingard. He certainly earned it. Um, although he is kind of getting a... Um, a reputation as a super sub, really, and his ability to impact games really quickly coming off the bench is a pretty valuable trait. So he's it, kind of almost making a niche for himself in in that role. And obviously, you've got the issue of is he going to stay or not? Is it even worth United trying too hard to to keep him, given his age profile, given that the the options in attack are so prolific that you, you potentially could live without him, especially with Greenwood's development. So. You know, I, I would probably keep him on the bench and go with those two. But if if Soscar, as Samuel said, if Soscar the pragmatist wins out in his head and it's a midfield of Matic and McTominay, which I don't think is impossible, then I think we'd probably see Pogba on the left and maybe Greenwood on the right. Um, but there are, you know, the the options in attack, as we say every week, are just incredible, really. And, and Rashford's only going to add to them, really. I think it's going to be interesting to see what sort of Rashford we're going to get. I think he's, you know, I, I mean, I've been banging the drum for ages that the way United have used him ever since his debut, really, as an 18-year-old, has been almost negligent, the way they've overplayed them. I mean, he played a minimum of 44 games every season. He played through the pain barrier from, what, October last year? Had a back injury, had an ankle injury. He played 57 out of 61 games. He was in the matchday squad 59 times. You know, for someone who was injured, that, that's just staggering. And they've got a few more options last year, but they, they weren't short of what this year. So they weren't short of options last year. So, you know, he's not even 24 and he's played 271 games for United. There's, you know, the only injury before this was that back injury. And he ended up coming back from that because of lockdown. So he's undoubtedly been overplayed by United. They, you hope they learn the lesson with Greenwood, really, and, and give him sort of time to breathe every now and again, because it felt like Rashford never had that. And it was hardly a surprise that eventually he broke but I do think he, he was poor last season and he's admitted that, but he still scored 21 goals. And if that's the standard he's setting in a bad season, I think it's legitimate to be excited about what he could produce if the rest has, has done him some good and his first sort of long break from football season come back and, and raring to go. So I don't think he'll start, but I think he'll get some action and it wouldn't surprise me if two weeks down the line we're saying he's one of the first names on the team sheet on the left wing, really. So that's only going to add to the competition in, in those places. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully, you know, he can learn a few things about conditioning from Ronaldo himself. You know, he's got the perfect role model there to himself, better himself as, as in terms of fitness. But like you said, it's just, I guess that's what annoys United fans so much, much the fact that some players are so overused and some players are so underused. And Samuel, Ty touched upon it there, that the quirk this weekend is that the defensive selection defines the midfield selection and then the midfield selection defines the attacking selection. Um, so in, for you, though, it, in terms of the way that you would sort of approach the game obviously you said that Lingard probably does deserve a start but it is quite you know like Ty said a niche there where if someone's a good impact sub that doesn't necessarily mean they should start but for Lingard it does seem to be the case doesn't it because he's he's got that ability to read the tempo of any game to adjust it to his level and he can play you know all across the front three as well which Solskjaer loves. Yeah it's it's a useful option to have if he is on the bench Uh, but I think even Solskjaer must realise that Lingard at his age cannot 
accept that role. And and even Solskjaer, when he was 28 turned 29 in the season, I think it was the season where he pretty much became a regular at United in um 0102, he got he got 25 goals. It was his best goal scoring season. The following season, he was keeping David Beckham out of the team against Arsenal in that pulsating draw at Highbury in the running. So by the time he even got to 28 29, he, he'd become a, a regular at United. And at the start of Ronaldo's first season, I remember Ferguson saying on, on, on the tour in the States that Solskjaer would be the, the first the first pick on the right hand side. He was he was pretty dismissive of, of Beckham, who'd obviously just, just left for Real Madrid. So Solskjaer will, will empathise with Lingard's situation and the, the merits of United offering him a new contract are, are pretty tenuous, really, even though he's, he's, he's playing well and he's having a very good year because... He is in very good form, but they're still not. The, sorry, the manager is still not finding room for him in his team. And there've been a number of opportunities recently where he certainly merited a start. When he did start against West Ham in the League Cup, he was taken off with twenty odd minutes to go, which was bizarre because I thought he actually was doing pretty well up until that point. But you know, and substitutions is a separate topic altogether really I think we'd be here all night if we were talking about that but I, I just feel as though Lingard is, is overdue a start um, you know if, if you want to think like Solskjaer he tends to pick players uh, as depending on um, how well they've done against the opponents in the previous season or the previous game and Lingard scored twice against Leicester for West Ham in, in April I think it was so maybe that comes into play a little bit but of course as you said and, and Ty said it, the midfield does dictate that attacking selection and I can't really see, particularly after Pogba and Ronaldo didn't start the last game. I can't see, I can't see both of them or one of them even being on the bench. Everyone knows Ronaldo is going to start because of how badly, to a relative extent, it went against Everton and and the fallout with some guy who I'd never heard of posting what Charlie <laughs> Ferguson thought of, of the conversation in in the directors' lounge after the game, which is is pretty extraordinary that that can happen. But that that's the modern world now when United kind of got what they deserved really they they they, they stooped to the low of glad handing and inviting all these personalities to old trafford to get the social media engagement and numbers and likes and retweets and reposts and all that nonsense and um it was it was their undoing in the end and it's it's just put more pressure on the manager so great great social media strategy i'm i'm, I'm sure they'll you know they'll continue regardless but it, it's not particularly helpful for the for the football figures at the club uh so it, i think with ronaldo it's a, when he when he when i saw he was named on the bench even i was disappointed because you do there is a sense of occasion now when you go and watch united you always expect him in those games to to start and i don't think he was ever on the bench for a league game in his in his last last in the second half his first united career in october like he would be on the bench in maybe april or december or may when there's an element of rotation that's required uh but never october so i thought that was that was pretty telling but he's he's going to be starting tomorrow and it's just a case of what Solskjaer does outside of those those names I guess you've got Pogba, Fernandes, Ronaldo and it's what he does with the other three in that front six and how he goes about it and tries to get the right balance. Yeah exactly and particularly when the international break on the horizon it wasn't really United's problem if he wasn't fully fit for Portugal and you know in, in, yeah, in, in the yeah. end he was and he scores four goals across two games comes the highest ever sort of male player to score 10 hat-tricks at international level so another record for him. Ty before we sort of round off this podcast on Jesse Lingard you've touched upon it before what do you actually think you should do about it because you know Solskjaer didn't want to sell him in the summer and now he's admitted himself that he needs to give more playing time to a squad player who at best is only really going to be be an impact sub 
and whose long-term career probably isn't at United. So what is the solution for you? Do you think it is one way United need to sell at January, just run it down to, to next summer, get the best out of him for, for the season and then let him go? Or or do you give him a new contract? Because like you said, he's never really going to break into the starting lineup for a prolonged period, it, it seems, does it? No, I, I suppose the ideal scenario would be he signs a new contract and then you sell him in the summer. Um, but I think, you know, I think Lingard's going to be wiser than that, to be honest. He knows he's in exceptional form at the moment. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's great to see that he's sort of rediscovered his, his spark and his, his mojo and he's carried on his West Ham form here. I think everyone involved with United is is pleased to see that. And it, you know, it feel, feels to me like, what, is he 28 now? Um, you know, it feels to yeah. me like, yeah, like his, he needs to be playing week in, week out. He's, he's going to get better options in the summer if he's available on a free. So I think, you know, if I was advising Lingard or I was Lingard, I don't think I'd be signing a contract at the moment. I'd be waiting to see what comes up because he must look at that United team and think long term, you know, it's it's difficult for him to hold down a place in that team every week. And while he's first sub at the moment, if when Rashford's back fit and when Sancho hits the ground running, he might find that he's not even third sub um, potentially and he's struggling to get on in a lot of games through no fault of his own, really. So, you know, I think he's showing at the moment that he's maybe better than West Ham, that he could probably get a club, I'm going to say a club in Europe, obviously they are in Europe, but, you know, I think he's, I think he can do a job probably above that level, especially on a free transfer, and I imagine he's going to get a lot of offers next summer. And it does feel like, you know, the risk for United is that Lingard and Pogba both leave on freeze next summer, and it's going to look pretty poor from a business point of view when you're looking at two players that at their peak, he could probably have fetched 150 million for, maybe more, but... You know, I think in Lingard's case, he's 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 stuck around at United for a long time. He, you know, he's been a he's been good for the club, and I think it's you know I think he's within his rights to to run down his contract. And if I was him, I'd be running down my contract and looking to to pick the best option available for me next summer. If he thinks that's United and he thinks he can play every week, then great. But I'd be surprised if it was. So I think that's probably the best scenario. And I don't see, like you say, I don't see the point of United committing to a three or four year deal, tying him down to when he. He's going to be 32 years of age, say, when I think it's pretty clear that they're, the long-term plan is they're going to be, you know, they're probably above his level already in, in two or three years when he's 31, 32, they're going to be well above his level. So as good form he's in at the moment, I think it's probably still in, in the best case, the best scenario for player and club that there's a, a part of the ways either in January or the summer. Yeah, particularly, you know, we're a World Cup now, 13 months or so as well. If he wants to generally be in, in that squad, then he needs to be playing every single week, you know, and his, his role at United isn't sustainable to do that because you've got so much competition now and there might be another emerging talent that can take your place as well. So United versus Leicester this weekend. Samuel Ty, I'm going to do what I do every week and ask you for some vague predictions. I know you like to make them out full time is probably the safest time to do them. But uh, Samuel, for yourself, what are you expecting from the game at least? I think United will win. I I don't think this period is as daunting of, as some have suggested. I, I normally agree with Ty on most things, but I, I just think that because because of their habit of pulling pulling a rabbit out of the hat, and it's, and it's not really even at that that level yet. I don't think. I I, I just think that they'll get through it uh, relatively comfortably. I don't I don't think they're going to win all the games um, during this period or, or or just you know surge to the top of the table. But I think they'll do credibly enough to for the fan mood going into the November internationals to be better than it is at the moment. If it isn't and it's worse, 
then Solskjaer's got a problem because if he does lose that habit or that habit of getting these results when he's under the cosh uh, deserts him, then that's that's major cause for for concern um, because United have been in worse positions than than this. They're, they're only two points off off top at the moment. That's the glass how glass half full outlook. Um, so if 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 their form continues to slide um, during these these big games, if you like, then you know that that clamour from what you could say is a sizable section of the fan base for him to to go is is only going to going to become louder. But I do think they'll beat beat Leicester, you know, despite the fact that Varane's out, despite the fact that the midfield is an issue and that it does dictate what they do with the forwards. Uh, th- th- they need a response to to the Everton game um, and 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 recent performances. I think there's probably just been the one game from start to finish all season where they've properly impressed and that was against Leeds United even the Newcastle game I think up until Ronaldo's second goal it was it was quite even Newcastle were very comfortable until Freddie Woodman fumbled the ball to Ronaldo at the end of the first half they had a couple of good chances that half they they got the equaliser as well it was only when they were seen off by Ronaldo a second time that they that they crumbled so United just need to get going now because with with November internationals, uh, the, the disruption of that, and it's it's a fashionable time to sack managers as well. You, you do not want to be you you don't want your form to get worse at this period. No, exactly, and this is particularly the start the stage of the season where look at the table can have a bit of meaning, and you can start to see that maybe that chasm emerge between the the leading pack and those behind them. So United need to make sure they are in that tie. Yourself, what is your prediction for this weekend? I'm torn between a narrow United winning a draw. I think I'm probably leaning towards a draw, to be honest. Mostly for, I was going to say the same thing, and Samuel just said it there. You know, United probably haven't played well since the opening day of the season. And if anything, their recent performances have been getting worse. Um, you know, I thought it was alarming the quality of chances they gave up against Villa, Villarreal, and Everton in those three home games. And they've been giving up good chances all season. And it is, you know, it's the performances that are, are a real concern at the moment. And, you know, Samuel's right that they have always upped their game for these these sort of fixtures. Solskjaer's strength has been coming up in a one-off game plan to, to beat the better teams. You'd probably include Leicester in that at the moment, even though they've not had a great start. So I guess it'd be no surprise if they won. But, you know, just going on recent performances, and, you know, that's all we have got to go on at the moment. I, I can see them. I can see it being another draw, to be honest. Well, you've sold that one well. Can't wait to uh, watch match of the day on Saturday night. See that nil-nil play out in, the, in all its special <laughs> analysis. But uh, Ty, Samuel, please enjoy your trip to the East Midlands. And thank you very much for joining us today on the Manchester is Red podcast. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. Cheers, Rich. Thank you. And thank you wherever you are as well in the world listening in today. As always, please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And we'll see you again next week to dissect the game and look ahead to another bumper fixture schedule.